Hey guys and welcome to the latest episode of the Startup Diary. I am Harrison Mudge and I'm with my very tired looking co-host, Adam Callow. Hey guys, um, I'm not sure how to respond to that. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to come in like full of beans to sort of make you sound like you're completely off the mark. Um, I wouldn't say tired. Uh, I'd probably just say... Exhausted. <laughs> nah, like some some things you do in a business energize you and some things you do in a business drain you. And I think it's just... Just had a couple of activities today that just drained me a little bit, uh, and it's not it's not like sleep and tired related. It's just one of those things that you just you kind of need to flip back around and find the stuff mm-hmm. that that energizes you. Uh, and one of the good things today is got you, got Mr. Wilcox over there in the corner, perched on our bench, fist pumping. Uh, and being around you guys energize me, so I'm looking forward to this evening. So um, we're all getting together, just have a good catch up. So. Yeah, highs and lows, day-to-day life of running a small business. Uh, And on that note, guys, this is where I normally drop what this show is about. This is where we do share the highs, the lows, and all the learnings of what it takes to build a business. Uh, And we don't sugarcoat anything, uh, as you've probably noticed over the last few episodes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Speaking of draining activities, today, Adam, well, previously, last week, we were recording just ahead of you going in to your board meeting, Mm -hmm. your remote board meeting mm-hmm. um first of its kind first of its kind uh so i thought we should just follow that up see how it went um how was the actual virtual experience of having a board meeting how was the board meeting itself um what have you taken away from the board meeting yeah so so let's start from the top virtual board meeting i'm going to caveat everything i'm about to say mm-hmm. um because uh, i guess we always try and be as transparent as possible on the show. Uh, but in case you hear me pause more than normal, you do sort of have like this fiduciary responsibility as an employee board member, not yep. to divulge too much stuff. Mm-hmm. So um, normally share everything, uh, but there's probably stuff that I can't talk about here. In case you just hear me hesitate and pause. Or if there's can't... random cuts, because <laughs> that didn't make any sense. Yeah, or I'm just like saying stuff and I go, actually, I probably shouldn't have shared that if you're wondering like, why it sounds choppy, but that, that's... So Harry might have a bigger editing task on his hand than normal. So from a remote perspective, I guess the easiest thing to do is me to put it into context. So I normally drive between like an hour and 15 to an hour and 45 minutes Mm -hmm. into Birmingham, park up, find parking, uh, which is a nightmare if you know Birmingham anyway. Um, And you're not even in an area where there's like uh, NCPs or anything, right? No, it's just like... It's, it's in the, the dense area of the financial quarter of Birmingham. Um, so it's a bit of a walk from the car park that I normally park in. So long story short is an hour and 15 to an hour and 45 minutes from when I leave my home to when I'm actually in the venue where I do the board meeting. Put this in perspective, like my whole board meeting was less than 90 minutes this time. <laughs> and I was trying to like retrospectively, I was trying to work that out. Why? Which we can we can potentially go into. Uh, but the remote experience worked really, really well. But your in-person board meetings are normally longer than that, though, right? Yeah, three hours. Yeah, yeah, about about three hours. Um, and I'm I'm still sort of like trying to work out what the what the key difference is mm-hmm. uh, to like why it felt a lot more productive over Zoom uh, compared to in person. Um, but yeah, uh, so virtually went really well. Uh, I think it's an interesting dynamic where. What was the key thing here? I think it was an interesting dynamic because I got more of an opportunity to give my thought process on topics with less people jumping in. Yeah, do you think that the nature of being on Zoom, uh, I assume it was Zoom, right? 
Yep. Uh, because, because uh, and I guess everyone muted themselves, right? So there's a bit more, like you, for some reason on video calls, you really are more aware of when people are speaking mm-hmm. because, because it, there's obviously an ever so slight delay and like conversation is a lot better than like on Skype or something like that. But like there's something that you, you want to wait for someone to finish before you then jump in yourself. So maybe that like helped, <laughs> helped you get your points across before someone jumped down your throat. I, th- I think it definitely helped. Uh, I think because naturally people are on mute um, and people have a more considered view of what they say on what well, it was a weird one for me. People had a, a more patient view before they spoke because it's sort of like, Oh, the way this thing works is he speaks and we get an opportunity mm. compared to when me and you are chatting now, like we might jump in if there's a yeah. topic or a conversation or if one, even to the point that if someone looks at another person across the room and you can see that they disagree or agree with a comment, then you don't any of those dynamics really. Yeah. Well, you can see when someone <laughs> it's like, we're trying to make the point, but you can see when someone's about to talk or has something to say. Yeah. So you pause and let them jump in. So, I would probably say what I'm trying to do moving forward to sort of uh, <laughs> wrap up this very laborious point that we're talking about uh, is it was a really efficient board meeting for me. And it came down from because there was more attention on my slides and my my pre-work. So I put a lot more work into my deck and my um, the PDFs that go to support the deck, the financials and bits like that. A lot more work went, went into that because... You screen share as well. Yeah, screen share, walk through a presentation. So um, imagine it's PowerPoint, it's not PowerPoint, but open it up, share the screen, walk through the deck. Uh, But because we're not in person, in person you can sort of like work out where people are struggling and not struggling and not clear and you can go backwards and forwards. Uh, But because this was more of a, it felt more like a presentation compared to a meeting. And that might be a good or a bad thing and I haven't worked that out yet. For Mm -hmm. me, it felt good. because I managed to, one, it was shorter, it felt more productive. Uh, but um, yeah, I'm not entirely sure if it's the right dynamic that we should be having for a board meeting. It was easier for me, mm. but uh, one thing that I do I do enjoy from board meetings, which we're getting better at as a business, is this pushing element. There's, a, there's this nice little tug of war that we've started to develop because we've established a bit more trust over the last 18 months uh, between all shareholders um, that... That w- I didn't feel that. I didn't feel the the pushing element uh, as as I normally did. So, yeah. Do you think that um, that's down to the situation we're in at the moment, or um, why is that? Yeah, maybe. I think that there's there's a there's an element of, and this might this might be incorrect, and I'm I'm pausing because I don't want to put words into my shareholders' mouth or board members. Um, They've displayed an increased level of trust in my operational ability yeah. uh, over the last twelve weeks because they have we haven't had a board meeting for a period of time like three months, and that's that's never happened since we raised any capital. Um, it was very much less around operational activity, um, so they've showed an increased level of trust, and I think because of that, um, and they've seen the business stay alive and in the deck, we've made um, aggressive decisions that I I stand by and validated. Uh, I think they're just sort of maybe in a position that says, listen, he's probably got a lot on his plate. He's trying to hold it together. We're not going to push too much. And maybe it's because of this virtual element because yes, it's better than an email because you can talk and speak, but sometimes it's really hard to deliver real aggressive feedback or news still digitally. So maybe they wait until they get me in a room again. (laughs) So how did it go then in the sense of, 
um, obviously they were like asking for like budgets and you were going in with a 90 day, um, what's, the, what's the phrase I'm blanking on? Yeah, so we had a forecast or budget, forecast, whatever you choose. One, yeah. So it's like prediction. <laughs> <laughs> Crystal ball. Um, so I, I kind of went in with, I can see the next 90 days and we operate on an OKR perspective. So mm-hmm. 90 day key results in the business. Um, I got beaten up a little bit over that because um, they basically said, regardless of what the current state of the market is, uh, you need to produce an annual budget, um, and and I was I fought back on it. And fair play to them, they they kind of came back with the feedback that says, "Listen, you have to produce an annual budget. It's just part of your responsibility. If you need to call a meeting and say I need to adjust my budget, which I've never done, and to be honest, I didn't know you could. And again, learning curve. Um, I didn't know you could adjust your budget throughout the year. Um, I've sort of tried to get it as close as possible and gone, well, let's go. We've got 12 months. Uh, but they said, you need to put a stake in the ground and drive towards something um, because that's how the that's how the board hold me accountable. So have you, have you gone back to them with that now then? or No. So um, for the first time ever, we've actually, uh, and maybe this, this might be one of the reasons it was shorter than normal uh, because uh, we would have done a full budget review and because they weren't happy with the fact it was only a 90-day budget, uh, they said, listen, let's reconvene on the 12th of June. So uh, a week on Friday at the point of recording this, I've got to put forward our, our annual budget, which is really hard, um, but I'm sort of going into it and saying, well, I've actually done a little bit differently now and I know we get into the weeds of it, but I've annualized my budget month on month uh, and then just assigned a degree of certainty at the top, which has never appeared before. So imagine like over the next 90 days, I'm 100% in this. Mm-hmm. And then you go 90 days past that, and it kind of goes down to 80%. And then it just fades down to basically, yeah. I'm fucking guessing. Uh, <laughs> it is like where we're at, just because of the state of the economy and what's going on. Uh, I think there's a big argument to say that, and I don't want to turn this into a political show, but the the economy right now is being propped up by the government uh, and that, that's going to get removed in the next 90 mm-hmm. days. It's got to. We can't afford to keep doing what we're doing. So as soon as you remove that prop, it's like then we're going to really see where we're at uh, and where budgets are and how people... like There hasn't been this mass layoff thing. Uh, it's because of furlough. Uh, mm-hmm. But you take furlough away from most businesses and people have got laid off. Yeah, well, they're... Because um, I was speaking to my mum and dad over the weekend. Obviously, my dad owns a business himself. His staff are furloughed. Um, but I think towards the end of the year, I think it's, it still goes till October, right? It's been extended. But at that point, the employer is then expected to contribute 50% if it's still still ongoing. Well, our good friend Rishi keeps moving. Um, he's got a hard job. I don't want to take anything away from what he's doing. Um, but the goalposts keep moving on this, which is, mm-hmm. which is the goalposts moving create uncertainty. Um, people just want to know what playing field we're playing on. And because the truth of the matter is, is they're trying to stimulate the economy in the short term. Uh, if they do that, it will allow them to furlough people like in the leisure industry for longer. Uh, but because we're not getting the stimulus now, they can't actually accurately determine when furlough will end. And they're sort of playing this risk reward game of how much debt are we going to put our generations in to get through this? Uh, and they're placing big bets right now. Again, don't want to make it political. I could talk about this for a while. Um, I think my cliff notes on the whole furlough political environment is I think our our government has done an overall really good job uh, so far, um, regardless of what people think. And uh, again, talk about politics on the show, we're probably going to get more (laughs) emails off the back of the show than ever, but I I generally stand by it. I think they overall net, 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 when all said and done, um, if you look at the... If you look at like GDP impact and stuff like this, like we have done a really good job at keeping, even if it's not keeping, even if it's not stimulating the economy to levels we want to, at least keeping hope, which is what everyone yeah. needs. Like 
Um, but yeah, I think we've done a good job overall. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just on that, um, the the intentions there, right? Ha, ha, whether the execution's like spot on or not, it's the intentions. To yeah. Be. <laughs> yeah. I, I think yeah, we could we could do this for a few more hours. But um, so just to bring it back to the board meeting then. So what coming out of it now? What sort of actions have you um, or what actions are you taking now from what you spoke about? I'm, can't i'm letting you decide what you can and no can't i talk can tell you yeah, it's interesting because i can see you tre- treading carefully for me uh which i appreciate um and i guess for anyone listening they're trying to why you talk about board meetings now i guess there's two reasons one it's the end of our financial year mm-hmm. so it's always really important meetings that we have now and also the nature of it being remote and I haven't had one for a while so it's, it's just an interesting dynamic for me um so interestingly what came out of it is i've communicated that we are going to go on the front foot we're going to convert this into an opportunity i'd say the cliff notes of it all were we're in a good cash position as a business and they did not like the fact that i communicated our cash position as we've got x number of months that we are we are okay they wanted to say no no no, adam you've got no more than three months that you're okay because you are going to spend that cash to grow the community um they are still taking that aggressive approach and for the first time in a long time i believe we've actually got a vehicle to tick all the boxes um we're making some really interesting decisions as a business for a future show maybe the next show where we are moving our services to what we call good revenue (laughs) they're like that's not a term that's not (laughs) like there we are we've made an internal very black and white differentiator of good and bad revenue and for the first time ever we're going to actively start saying no to brand certain brand revenue and start to move away from certain deals we have in place if it's not beneficial for us in the long term we want to make sure that we can do the right work for our clients but we also this whole thing is just highlighted uh some of our inefficiencies as a business um as uh, me you and sam were talking about earlier and what what will happen is as we niche down and focus on the scalable brand revenue that we can work on is opportunity will breed more opportunity mm-hmm. um and sam actually said it'll actually if we execute correctly on it it'll become exponential like it will compound in growth over time uh, and luckily i've managed to wing sam into this who who runs a company called tribecto uh, <laughs> marketing automation guy um he refuses to come work for the company um, i don't know why i'm still trying to work it out uh Getting he all these free ad spots anyway he won't even entertain <laughs> the idea of becoming an employee um maybe uh maybe you can twist his arm later uh have a conversation um but uh because of what we're doing with the expert trades split out from tool talk and our insight work we've done from understanding our community over the last three months and what, what we need to do um his work is going to help us grow the community um with what you're doing with tool talk like that. so we've got loads of interesting things happening i'd probably say the cliff notes of it are i communicated what we plan to do over the next 12 months in the board meeting and they've said we really really like your plan fucking do it faster mm-hmm. and i'm but what what's i in, agree what's interesting on that though is you actually not for the first time ever but there's always there's always been a little bit of friction between what you're doing with the business and what they want you to do with the business. Yep. But now, um, more than ever, you seem very sort of aligned in, mm-hmm. in where where you both want the company to go. They just want you to do it faster, like you say. Yeah, and I think I think the key difference now is the key difference now is. I actually have a plan where I believe that we, the things the board wants are over here. There's this checklist and the things that I want is over here. It's a different checklist. Mm -hmm. 
oddly, we both actually want the same outcome, but we have different to-dos to get us there. And let's just say there's an example of this is the board care about community growth. They care about numbers. I can I can report, but I can go and spend £100,000 in the next three months and get, com, air quotes, community growth. Here's what will happen is I'll do that and then we'll realize that we have a leaky funnel. Like these people come in and they don't do anything. Headline numbers look good for three months. I get pats on the backs, high fives, get good dinners when we're allowed. Um, but all of a sudden then what will happen is in six months time from then, they'll go, Adam, why the fuck are these guys not doing anything? Like, they've all left. Like, your activity has gone from, like, 60% down to 20 engagement levels. I'm like, because what I can't do is go in and say, well, it's because you told me to do this. Like, that's what seven-year-old kids do at school. Mm. I did this because you told me to. Like, I'm a CEO. Like, I have to think I will manage your expectations, but I'm going to do it in my way to the point that I can have a good conversation with you now, even if it's hard, but in six, 12, nine months, two years, I've been on the same board for like four years now. Yes, it's been frosty. Yes, we've had different differencing of opinions, but we're going the same direction. For the first time now, what the board want, I think we've actually got a vehicle to deliver it because it's what I want as well. And we've got a strategy to implement against. The only difference is, is they go, I don't want you to be this comfortable. You need to get uncomfortable. So get uncomfortable. I'm like, okay, that's a valid position whether I do or whether I don't is still up to me, but we're on the same page in terms of at least the vehicle of how we get there. And I'd probably say that's the reason why, because we've got a plan. That's cool. And I I guess um, just on the numbers, it, it's the difference between like vanity metrics, right, and actual valuable customers. Because we, back in the day, almost had these, not false numbers, but exactly that, that you had a lot of people join early on, but they they didn't activate right so we've got we had this big database of, of yeah our first inact- seven th- our first seven thousand users came directly from checker trade mm-hmm. like we told people hey we're a new trade directory and we're doing it for free and everyone goes yeah okay cool sign me up and we didn't have any value for them and this was like seven years ago we're talking six years ago sorry so everyone leaked out and we're kind of like saying oh, i don't want to repeat that mm-hmm. And if you look at someone like Danny and our team, who's very focused on actually look at the people that are actually engaging with us. What are they doing? We have such a great pool of data now that we can say we have a really good business. It's surrounded by this fluff of these vanity metrics that we just need to cut out of the business. So we are strategically doing that. Um, But that will allow us to understand exactly where we drive value to then scale. And I think we're at this, this point in time now where we go, we actually have a really good business. If you take away all the fluff, and you go, actually, these are the users that have come in to do these activities, and here's their level of engagement. We have a really good business. We need to scale this. And that's where I think we are in a position now where we can put money into it and scale it with the help of our new employee, Sam Wilcox. <laughs> <laughs> like it. Um, that's kind of it from me, mate. Any final words, any thoughts from the meeting? Nothing else specifically from the board meeting to cover off. I guess to pull this thing into like a full loop um started the show with you saying like tired not tired just a little bit drained from mm-hmm. some of the activities today um but that's just the nature of how it goes i'd probably just recommend people just try and find the things in their life that energize them um and that's what i'm doing from all i don't just mean professionally i mean mm-hmm. personally as well uh because if you it's a good ethos to have in general <laughs> but i think it's one that it sounds obvious, but we don't. And I think one thing that I'm trying to do more of, here's an example. I got off my board meeting and 
normally I get off my board meeting and just get biz- air quotes busy again. You skipped into the room when you came off your board <laughs> meeting. <laughs> but after, after the board meeting, I spent 10 minutes just in here just to, I guess, decompress and go, okay, what was covered off? How did I feel? Why did I feel like that? And just, I got it down. For me, what works, I get it down on paper and then I can rationalize it and move on. And little things that I'm doing now is I'm exercising every morning now um, and I feel really good for it. And it's trying to find these little things throughout my working day or throughout my week and my weekend at home that make me feel good. I came into this week more energized than I've been in a very long time. If you read my journal yesterday, yesterday for me was the most productive day I've had at Expert Trades. I didn't do anything massive. I just felt like I was on 110% all day. Uh, so I guess the thing I'm trying to leave the listeners with is try and find the things that energize you. Be more aware of what's going on in your head and don't rush into the next thing because it's on your to-do list. Take a breath between the activities, the busy work, and try and work out how am I feeling? Why am I doing this? Why am I feeling? And just this, ask yourself what's going on. It's been a massive game changer for me in the last couple of weeks self-awareness guys if you want to get in touch you can email startup diary at nbs.fm or you can join the facebook group at the business owners group as he points across to me i love the fact that i try and like explain do this think this ask this and then harry just encapsulates it all with self-awareness <laughs> but it's, it it's right there like you you, you talk about it a lot and you talk about it even off the mics as well and the, and i think we um you me and sam have I think Sam said it to you specifically as well. You have like a real acute sense of self-awareness and you're able to also verbalize that as well. Like for me, I find it difficult to even sort of figure out what I want out of most things in my life, uh, which is, which is actually quite a personal struggle, but you're able to be like, Oh yeah, well I'm feeling this. I'm thinking that. And I guess it's really down to the, and like no one else has said anything to you and you are just literally having a conversation with yourself, but you're getting to the meat and bones of why you feel away the way that you're feeling at that point in time, which not, which is something that most people are unable to do. I, I, Firstly, I appreciate that. I don't think it's an unable to. I think it's the same thing to put it back into your world, like reps in the gym. Mm-hmm. Um, my coach got me to start doing it and, the more you do it, the easier it gets. Uh, it's just a fact. If you give it, if you start to do it and you're given a little glimpse of the tool set to do it and then you just lift that weight over and over again, it just gets really easy. So I can sort of take even 60 seconds and just take a breath and work out how, what's going on and then it just helps me for the next 30 minutes, hour, two hours. Um, as I, uh, for those of listeners that don't know, I'm, tr- I'm on a journey over the next couple mm-hmm. of years to try and become a coach. I would love to share everything that I learn on this podcast with everyone so they can get access to that tool set because it's been amazingly helpful for me. And I say in the interim, just spend time with people that you can be extremely vulnerable with. Um, and I said it to you guys the other day, like you literally get, I don't even, I have, I have no block in my head when i talk around you guys like there's no how does this sound does this make me sound like an idiot like there's none of that it just comes out the good the bad and the ugly and we've had some <laughs> ugly moments and those are just me just verbalizing shit um but because i'm so comfortable with you guys it's i don't want to use the word liberating uh but it is because i can just be me and it allows me to be really self-aware I'd say try and find people in your circle that you can you can do that with. I think maybe a topic for another show is like the top three questions you can ask yourself to become more self-aware because well, sometimes it's asking the right question, right? 100%. It's not, it's not that you don't know necessarily how you're feeling or what's going on in your mind, 
But unless someone asks you the right question, you sometimes find it difficult to come to the answer. 100%. And what I'll do is I will... I'll dig out. So there's a couple of things we want to talk about. One, the change in expert traders, products and services and brands. But this, because it's just a tool set, imagine someone giving you a hammer. I don't know why that hammer works, mm-hmm. but I know it does. So I'll dig out my notes uh, from some of my coaching yep. to some of the things he's asked me to do. Um, it's always at risk. And I always want to put that PSA on there in terms of like, I don't know why I've been told to do this. I'm not a coach. I've not been taught these skills yet, but I'll at least share with you what I got asked to do because it will probably help you as well. Let's do that in a future show.